G'day guys, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast. I am your host, you have no choice, Troy McCubbin. Thank you for joining us. Uh, to all the ladies and gentlemen out there, uh, new listeners, welcome, old listeners. Thank you for coming back. We are all shocked. Uh, to all the supporters out there who donated in the last week or last couple of weeks, massive thanks. That's huge and uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. We so appreciate it. Um, it's not easy to keep this Guitar Wing podcast going because we, we make sure we do it every week. And now that Bruce has moved away back to where he originally came from, uh, Carmel, Carmel Valley, I think that's where he's from. Uh, yeah, he's like five, six hours away. So I have to grab him and when he's in town and schedules and it's tricky. So, uh, yeah, so we really try and make it happen every week and we appreciate the support and the feedback back that you guys give us. So please, if you uh, if you feel like donating, you can go to the Guitar Wank website. There's a donation tab. Huge. That's like the biggest thing you can do. And if you don't feel like doing that, Guitar Wank t-shirts, Guitar Wank mugs, there's pics. We'll throw them out to you. And if you don't feel like doing that, send us an email and just share how you feel. Um, share the show with your friends or your enemies, mama, dad, sister, brother, auntie, uncle, whoever you want. Just share the show and get it out there. We, we really appreciate that. So there's all these things you can do to support the show. Um, but hearing from you guys is is massive because it does feel like we're talking to ourselves half the time. Um, this week's show, we're going to continue on with Marvin Smitty Smith because it was just fun last week and we had so much great feedback with having a non-guitarist, a different musician on the show amazing drummer he is so that was fun and what a great bloke great energy just just fun and it was just different i really love that so we're going to continue on with marvin smitty smith thank you to all our sponsors dear dario guitar strings wire world pro audio cables jimmy dunlop thanks mate um exotic pedals sir guitars and amps mymusicmasterclass.com uh, riffmasterpro.com aea Ribbon Microphones, they're here in Pasadena and they make amazing microphones, check their stuff out. Also Sennheiser Microphones, can't forget you guys, um, that's it, we should uh, get into the show, get back into Marvin Smitty Smith, and throughout the show I'll play um, a bunch of Bruce's stuff that he plays with, because Smitty's in his trio, so uh, I'll, I'll play some songs from that, so you know what that's all about, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, kick back, enjoy, whatever you're doing, running, you're working out, you're heading to a gig, you're coming home from a gig, you're going to work, you're going coming home from work. Be safe, look after each other, and uh, yeah, really appreciate all the support. Thank you so much. And uh, guys, what do we have in store for the listeners this week? That that's the great thing, man. Just being on the bandstand, man, with the cats and man, just 
you know, being right. part of the process of making the music come alive, man. I live for that, man. Right. I really and it do. means that you're going to have to accept that you're the weak guy at some at some point in the continuum <clears throat> to become the guy who becomes a strong guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, and everybody who's been there knows that, right. and nobody lays shit on you about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know vibing is a big thing now because there's yeah. a bunch of competitive guys who can't play. <laughs> but of the real cats, I mean, I played with Roland Hanna, who was famous for like being a hard ass with people. Mm. When I first moved to New York, this record producer heard me and thought I was the new Tal Farlow. He called me, yeah. and and you know, like as his, and you know, I was a whatever. And he brought me. I played with Sam and Roland at Bradley's. Ah, yeah. Sam Jones. Yeah, and, Holmes, um, man. Yeah, and so yeah. Uh, and like he was, there was no vibe at all. And this guy was kind of famous for it. And he was just like, and I, look, I didn't belong with those guys. I was, I could, I could make the gig, but I, you know, come on, Sam Jones and Rolanda, and I'm like 22 years old. <laughs> come on, <laughs> yeah. think about it. You know? Right? Yeah, yeah. But they were totally gracious and totally supportive. You may, maybe they think that they got the reputation as vibing because they play with people they don't like. Maybe they yeah. deserve getting vibe. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. You came on there, they liked your playing, so right. there's no reason to vibe you. you right? Exactly. So. Yeah, right. But my point is, is like, you know, the good guys don't generally do that because uh-huh. they know that we're all here serving the higher purpose, yeah. and we're all at different places. You know, in a. 20-year-old can't know as much as a 50-year-old. Yeah, right, Even if he right. knows as much, he can't do as much because See, he has an experience. Yeah, I know what that feels like to be vibed by somebody older than you. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. it's like, uh, you know, I mean, it's one thing if you deserve it, but it's another thing if you don't. Right. It's yeah, like, right. I'm playing my ass off. I know I'm keeping up. I know that I'm doing right. everything I'm supposed to do, and I'm still getting a fucking vibe. Fuck you. you know exactly. What I mean? right. Well, that's that, that, I, that's and, then, and then you get respect that way too yeah. by yeah. acting that way, because that's the other right. part of it. But it's like I've decided to start a new rule. Uh oh. Yeah. Right. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the book of forming. If you're gonna vibe somebody. You have to tell them first. <laughs> yeah, I'm vibing right. you. Yeah, I'm vibing man, you right vibing. now. But, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, and what I think with the old cats, with the old cats, man, you know, where, where, you know, if they see, if they see a young blood trying, if they see like, hey, man, he's being respectful and he's really giving, giving it up. Yeah. Then, then they're like, then they'll be cool. But if they see a cat that thinks he's already there, a young cat that's thinking he's already—that's when they gotta lay into yeah. it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, man, what the fuck, you know, what the fuck, man? What are you what doing? Are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, man, man, like, man, get your shit together. Man. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, they, 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 you know, they tell you, man. I mean, right. you know, they need to be. You know yeah, right. I mean? No, we've all had that happen, <clears throat> I would assume. I mean, well, I, I was playing once at a jam session, yeah. and, I'm, and I thought I was kind of doing okay. I mean, yeah. I was doing the best I could. I mean, I, I didn't think I was burning by any stretch, but I was hanging in there, I thought, yeah. and all of a sudden, I ain't got no sound. <laughs> I'm playing and nothing's, oh, no, nothing's wow, coming wow. out. And, I, and I, look, I look at the guy standing there holding the plug in my <laughs> <laughs> Well, Straight out of a film, man. <laughs> man it was guy. like, okay, well, I guess that, that I guess that means I'm done. You right? Know? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, I got vibe. The, the, the first record I, I recorded, I, I did. I was working with John Hendricks, and we did some of the sessions out here in L.A. <clears throat> and we did a we did a couple of tracks with. Uh, uh, it was a couple of tracks. It, it was with it was with Sweets. Uh huh. Uh, Harry Sweets Edison. 
for those of uh, you not totally inclined. Check him out. And, and, yeah, check him out for sure. Sweets was, oh, man. Yeah. I saw him I saw him and, and uh, Jaws play together. Oh, man, those yeah. guys sounded. At the Parisian Room, I saw oh, him play. Oh, my favorite oh, LA man. club. Clarence Beckton was playing drums, and I forgot who Clarence? Yeah, man. Wow, man. I grew, I grew up playing with him because he was yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. He sounded sweet, man. Oh, but man. Anyway, he was so, great. So I remember that, you know, these the sessions we did, you know, for John Hendricks' record, the first record I ever played on. And and so it was Sweets and Jerome Richardson and John B. Williams. Uh, Jimmy Smith was playing piano. You know, he played piano on the tracks, right? So I remember we were running through something. And, and Sweets and Jerome, you know, they were trying to run through, like, a melody line. So I figured I'd play along just to give them some rhythm, right? And, he's, and so <laughs> Jerome looks at me. He said, uh, well, you know, what you doing over there, man? Yeah, oh, yeah, I was just trying to give you some rhythm over there just to kind of, you know, help, you know, give you, you know, give you some time. And so he said, well, man, you wasn't doing that, man. You know, and I was just like. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I felt small as hell, man. Yeah. Right? So, but on on that session. We did one of Jerome's tunes of his probably most famous Groove tune, Merchant. Merchant. Yeah. So we did that. You know, John Hendricks wrote some lyrics to it, saying. So we did it, and so I bust out into the shuffle, man. And Jerome looked over at me like, what, "What you know about that?" Right? right he had yeah, that yeah, look yeah, right. on his face. So I'm playing the shuffle. And he was like, All "Did they right. did, did they play the child chorus too?" No, no, they didn't do that. Yeah. But yeah, he just looked at. He was like, "Yeah, man, all right." Well, you know, he went to the, he went to the same right? high. He went to the same high school I did. Jerome. Yeah. Did. Well, I got to work with Jerome later with our farmers band. Yeah. You know, and it was it was fun, man. I played with him just a little bit. He would come back home. You know, I don't know what he was just in San Francisco. Maybe he was visiting family or something. Yeah. And he would do gigs around. I got to play with him. A no, little bit. Jerome was like just a great, you know, uh, just consummate, uh, you know, musician. You know, like multi read. You know, he played alto tenor. You know, yeah. flute, not, you know, he could do that. But he played alto uh, it, with 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 art. You know, yeah. most mostly you know art. So yeah, he was he was cool. But those Smith, good Smitty, times. it's so it's always been jazz for you. You never went into the rock, the pop stuff. It was always well. I mean, jazz. that's my background. I yeah. mean, but music was music to me. It was right. it, it, You know, because I played whatever it was. It was just all <laughs> music to me. Yeah. You know, but it was funny because. You know, I played funk gigs and, you know, rock gigs at, yeah, as a kid growing up and playing garage bands and stuff. You know, the, 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 the thing where I found that this hardline division was when I got to New York. Because, like, the, you know, all the, the older jazz cats, you know, they were just like this staunch thing, you know, like, man, I used to play funk gigs uptown. You know, I was playing in a couple of, like, you know, funk groups uptown. We would play this club called McKell's Uptown. Uh, you know, it's like off what ninety seventh and Broadway, whatever. Columbus, Columbus, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was up there, you know. So I used to do funk gigs and stuff, or we'd play up in the Bronx or something, you know, some little dive, you know. And then I would play all, all these straight ahead gigs down in Greenwich Village, man, you know, and stuff, you know. So that's what that's what kind of threw me off. Was like, well, man, why is why this hard, oh, man. you know, division? I, you know, because it's all about music. Me, I could play. I, you know, like all the avant-garde oh, stuff. Man. I play, you know, some straight ahead. I can play, you know, some funk. You know, I could just rock out with a cat if you want. You know, well, so I didn't, I didn't, I chose, I said, man, I'm not falling into this, man. I'm not falling into this vibe. I'm like, it's music, man. It's about the music. So wherever the music is, I'm there. So, hey, you know, but the funny thing about it is when like, you know, the, like these straight ahead cats, when they needed something funky, you know, that they were trying to attempt to play funky, you know, I could some, play, yeah. and, and it gave it some 
authenticity and they appreciated the fact that I could give them that when right. it, they wanted it. You know what I mean? So it wasn't a total, you know, it's like, okay, I know where y'all at. And okay, it's a generational thing or whatever, but, but you know, you know, Hey man, I respect the music. I'm going to give you what you need, you know, but you know, I got some shit too, motherfucker. You know what I mean? So. Troy, I got I to gotta tell you, you know, my experience with Smitty, even though Smitty's very known for, you know, can play straight ahead. I never played straight ahead with him. When we played yeah. our gig, right. we were we were jamming and and just free stuff, kind of rock, jazz, funk, right. everything. Yeah. That's why he's who he is because mm. he can play everything. And I have played with straight ahead dr- jazz drummers that wouldn't have a fucking clue. <laughs> To, to how to play with, let's say, for lack of a better word, a weather report mentality. Right. right. And I have tons of straight ahead drummers that I know that I'd call them for a straight ahead gig in a minute, but I would never call them for the kind of shit that he can do. Right. Because when he hears shit, he he's like a chameleon. He just knows how to make that music sound good whatever it is that's why he's who he is <laughs> that's why but, you that's know, why he makes the big but, money but you right know there. man I, I i had fun man playing with you and kinsey man oh, and yeah, jimmy earl man blast, i had man. fun playing with them, yeah, man. man i love really playing because i grew up on that music too man we play stuff and yeah man and then there's some of the original tunes that they play man i loved it man I, I dug well, it. You it know, the funny thing is though i mean i, I guess i'm like five years older than you or yeah. something about yeah. that yeah, yeah. You know, when I was in New York, which is the late seventies, right. what you experienced was what I experienced, but like times ten. Yeah, right. Like right then, Seventh Avenue South was beginning, right? Which was the Brecker Brothers, right. all, all that yeah, that, that they, whole yeah, style of music. Yeah. Which you know what that is, right? There was the funk thing uptown. There was the Latin thing over on oh, you know, yeah, on the in, east side in, in Spanish Harlem, yeah. right? And then and then you know there was the bebop thing down in the village, right? And and I had moved from San Francisco, where literally you know I was doing a Latin gig one right. night, a funk gig another right. night, yeah. a you know organ trio, then I played straight ahead, you know, and playing out with the Moffat family, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm just like I was. Sonny Simmons was in town. I was playing right. gigs with him. I was just doing whatever there was, right? And then. Um, I got to New York and it was like, well, I want to go over and play with the Brecker Brothers. Try at least, you know. I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to try. You know, right. no, you, no, 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 no. If you're going to play this, you can't go do that. Yeah, you know, it was, right. I mean, it, it was it wasn't like they yeah. said those words, but as soon as like, yeah, yeah. if you were going to do, if you wanted to come to New York and make money playing weddings, then just go play weddings. Don't come down here. Yeah. If you want to play with the Latin bands, go play with the Latin bands, learn to speak Spanish and wear the white clothes that they all wear. <laughs> you know, but don't do this. I mean, it was a real... Yeah. Want you to be it, a cult musician. <laughs> it, it, no, it was... That's but, why... But it's like that's unwritten why, baseball rules, man. Yeah, but no, no. I mean, that, at, at that time... And, and it was a really bad time for New York, I got to say, uh-huh. because... New York, it was before Giuliani cleaned it up, you know, and it was like crime was really bad, and mm-hmm. there was a whole lot of stuff going down. New York was a really bad time, but, and it, and here I was, I was working in Bobby's band and Richie Cole's band, which were both based back in California mm-hmm. at that time, and like, I'm coming from this wide open California scene, you know, where we're, you know, playing with this, then I'm playing with that, and right. I'm having a great time, and 
much better drugs out here than there. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and I'm back in New York fighting this fight that seemed like so stupid. And everybody's like trying to hold on to their little piece of the world at that moment, you know, because, you know, when things get bad, that's what people do. Right. And so, uh, and these mentor guys that I was trying to hang out with were just fucking with my head. They weren't really like sharing their music with me. They just seemed more interested in making me feel bad, you know. <laughs> wow. And and so I left, which I'm kind of sorry I did, but I ended, I just ended up because of all the road work I was doing. It just ended up boom. You'd end up on the end of a tour here, right, right. And, I mean San Francisco actually, which is where I was from, and I had access to everything there because mm-hmm. that was my hometown. Right. And so I just sort of ended up never did you knew which I'm sorry I didn't stay because it of course got way better by the time you were there obviously mm. and is now quite a bit more wide open and you know it's just yeah from what I hear like a lot of cats now like when I talk to some of my buddies my peers yeah. uh, in New York about the scene it was like man these young cats man they just on there you know and there's there's a contingent that you know they 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 holding you know upholding the tradition these but i talked to some cats and they, yeah man some of these like these young cats they ain't trying to really swing now you know right. it's like uh, no no it's gotten to the point now i mean and i've heard this from young students who come from the elite right elite uh, high schools right. and elite yeah. teachers mm-hmm. you know um the first thing i hear is like i'll have a student and i'll play and and we'll just play a tune and mm-hmm. i'll listen to say okay you know i noticed that there is no elements of blues or bluesiness yeah. in your playing. Right. I'll say to them, and they'll go, "Oh, the blues is corny." Yeah, and I go, "Hey, man, whoa, look, whoa, hey, you know, okay." So that and now swing has now emerged as up to the blues level of corniness. Yeah. That's not cool to do and it that, anymore, dude. Dude, this and just, that's just what it is. And you know, right. hey, that's just what it is. Hey, I can't, I can't argue with it. I can only sit dumbfounded and go. All I say is, okay, I got these people I want you to listen to. Just listen to them. If you like it, great. If you don't, great. I just want you to listen to this. You know, of which, like, in the bluesy side is is everything from Gene Ammons, you know, and Lockjaw Davis right. to Stevie Ray Vaughan and Albert King. You mm-hmm. know, I, like, say, listen to this. Just listen to it. If you like it, great. If you don't, great. I don't care. Just if, tell me if you think it's really corny. Right. And then, like, the swing thing, I give them all the, you know, everything from Count Basie mm-hmm. to, you know, all these different bands, Kenny Clark, you know, Max mm-hmm. Roach, right. Elvin and Art Blakey. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, listen to this, and you decide. You know, don't, you're, you're 16 years old. I know a lot of what you're saying is what your friends or your teachers are saying. Right. Just listen to this for yourself with your own mind, because you're going to have to right. make your own decision. Right. You know, I mean, I'm not going to try and tell you you're wrong or you're right. But give this a shot. You know, right. it's all, I mean, because I'm so fucking dumbfounded, I want to take them out and beat them up. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> and what's the usual uh, result of that? Do they, do they, well, they like don't usually come, they don't usually or, come back. Huh? They don't come back. Mm. Usually. They, really? Wow. I mean, they don't, it doesn't somehow hit them that they go, shit, I've been missing all this. It's very rare. Because, you know, rare. I've seen, I, as a matter of fact, I think most of them don't even listen I've, to I've it. seen young right. people, I've seen young people just like, I mean, I remember, I, I remember when Tower Power came to play at MI, mm-hmm. right? And there's all these. Sh- we had at that time in the '80s, late '80s, Shred was real big, right. you know, metal guys with their black leather jackets <laughs> yeah, and right. just two hand tapping, right, and yeah. just that was all guitars, just 
basically about. It had gotten really far away from the blues, and it was just about fast. Let's right. play fast, yeah. right? right? And very clicky and very cultish. Like, you know, you would never, ever, you know, if you were a heavy metal guy, you would never, ever go see Beyonce because you'd be ridiculed for the rest of your life. Right, or you right. would never go see this or that because right. it ain't your thing. Right, you know right. what I mean? And your friends, because it's not just music, it's a lifestyle. Right, right? Yeah, it's a click. So yeah. I remember... When Tower Power came and played at MI, those metal guys got a serious lesson. <laughs> that yeah, there's, right. They got kicked in the ass. Like, that, that something could be that different and be and kick their fucking and, ass. And, and be that powerful. And be that yeah. great and that powerful. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, it, it really did change their, you know, a lot of them. Just, holy shit, I, I want to do that now. Right, <laughs> right. Like, no, it just no, and and I've had numerous kids. Yeah come back from that experience changed <clears throat> hell i've had kids man there's one kid who's working around la now who's who's a student of mine you know he's kind of a jazz guitar player singer songwriter kind of guy at usc and i, I just tipped him to western swing mm -hmm. which through that then i took him back through fats waller mm -hmm. and i took him you know into ragtime mm -hmm. and now he's like one of the work he's like one of the experts of ragtime and swing guitar in L.A. Mm -hmm. mm. He's just a badass motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a he's couple got of bands. You know, he's doing all this different stuff. And he didn't even know what that was until mm -hmm. I hipped him to it. And now I he's know. taking it to a whole nother level. And that 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 boils it down, man. Like somebody that can you know point a direction for a cat with with some talent. Right. Just say, hey, man, look, like open yourself to this, and then. You know, let it let it ride. You right. know? Now, you know, to your point about like trying to expose the kid to something, and they just kind of like, man, man, that's cool. Yeah. Man, I, just just this tour a few weeks ago, I was in the Midwest uh, with my you know big brothers, uh, you know Bobby Watson, great saxophonist, uh, you know Ray Drummond, Bulldog bassist, and uh, Donald Brown on piano. You know, great guy. So we 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 were at the University of Dayton with their jazz band. The, the band director what used to be a student of Bobby Watson's way back, man. So he's been at the university for like 25 years or something like that, right? So, I, you know, uh, so the, the big band was, you know, they did, they did some arrangement on some tune, uh, which I can't recall. So they said, oh, okay, look, well, let's just try it again. And the bass player, this young college kid, the bass player is like, yeah, let's take it, you know, the band director says, like, okay, let's take it, uh, you know, let's take it at the solo section, you know, uh, sax solo, blah, blah. And the bass player says, man, 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 I'm bored playing the solo section. He just blurted out, man, I'm bored, man. So I was like, what? You're, okay, ho, 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 wait a minute. You're actually bored yeah. playing the solo section of this tune? And, man, I just, I, I went in, man. I didn't go all the way in. But I went like halfway in. I said, look, man. And so I addressed the whole band. I was just like, hey, man, you know, our, you know, the, our, our, our heroes and predecessors of this music, man, look, they dealt with this music when they didn't have nothing else. You know, I mean, this is sacrosanct, man. The bandstand, man. This is, this is our refuge, man. This is our sanctuary. This is where... We, this is where we can totally be ourselves, our authentic selves, man, without without prejudice, without judgment, you know, without ridicule. You know, man, this is our time where we can truly be ourselves, man. And you're going to sit here and tell me you're bored to to support a solo. You're actually bored with having to be part of this process. I said, man, 
you're coming in here with a totally wrong spirit, man. You need to recuse yourself and let somebody in with the right spirit come in. Even and if, serve he, this even if he can't play half as good as you. Yeah. Right you know, on. Right I, man, on. I, you know, I'll take a cat that doesn't have as much chops but has the right spirit and the right vibe to support the music than some cat that can whoop rings around the instrument, man, but is all about himself. When you serve yourself instead of the music, you lose every single time. Man. Exactly. Let me tell you something. I've seen Smitty go all the way in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, oh, you have? Because, yeah, let me tell you a little story. Oh, I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to mention any names. But I happened to be at a gig, and I was playing, and Smitty was in the audience. And I and after, on the break, I need to go to the bathroom. And, uh, and, and so I walked into the area where the bathroom was and I saw Smitty with one of the musicians in the band and he had him lifted up by the neck <laughs> about a foot off the ground and he was fucking reading him the riot act. And I was like, oh, excuse me. I walked away. But it was like, okay, I wouldn't want to be that guy right now. <laughs> you know, it, it, this is what I wanted to ask you guys as, as guitarists, man. Your perspective on drummers, man. And well, I, I know you did you a previous podcast. We did a podcast yeah, which about I have to, which I haven't but, listened to yet, but well, I'm sure you know, it's, it's fucking hilarious. That's the smartest thing you've done. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Because I'm the same way. Like, what the uh, fuck's man, up with you drummers, know what? man? We, we, what we're about is, is that as a composer and, and as, a, as a, a lover of groove, you know, yes. and I'll be the first one to tell you my fucking rhythmic sophistication ends around cooling the gang. That's about, that's about as sophisticated that's as I really, That is I actually really sophisticated. I don't understand bro. all the fucking... When a drummer... If a drummer's going to play in a band and he's going to drop an eighth note and play off the beat an eighth note and then pick it up four bars later and he thinks that's clever, I'd like to fucking shoot him in the head. Because I just don't think that there's any reason to learn something like that other than just, okay, I can do it. But why would you want to fucking obscure one for the poor people in your well, band well, who well, are trying to... Well, the to, point of know. it... Yeah, yeah, see, the point of it... I remember this is this happened at another... Just a few weeks ago. We did another master class with another college. And it was this, there was this kid that asked a question. He was a trombone player. And he said... And he, right. and he said And he said, you know, uh, we were playing this one, this one tune, this one arrangement. And on my solo, I just wanted to just go... You know, rip off. You know, I just wanted to go crazy, man. And, you know, I just wanted to just blah. You know, yeah. and 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 you know, uh, you know the, the the you know, but the the you know, but the band didn't you know want me to do it. And so I asked the question. I said, okay, so where was the direction of the music at the at the time where your solo came in? Where was the music? He said, well, yeah, you know, it was just like, you know, this you know straight ahead, you know, swing. I said, well, well, why would you? Why would you take the music out of the, you know, out of the context of where, the, you know, where the foundation is? Where, you know, what it's like, let's say, if, you know, if we were talking baseball and we're talking about players and teams and stuff. And then all of a sudden you walk in and you're talking about highlight, you know, and we look at you like, man, what the fuck, man? You know, right. so that's why I say it's just like, where was the music set up? Was right. the music set up for you to be able to just, you know, blare out and blast and take it, you know, take it every if it was if it wasn't there, why would you do that, man? You know, fit the situation, you know, let you know, like I said, again, I told him, look, man, if you serve your ego before you serve the music, you lose every single time. Boy, I wish that, that, that don't get it. Tell man. every drummer that, that but, you know, man, you know, but, but like, Scott. 
You and you know <laughs> that gig where I hemmed your boy up. You know, because yeah, I had to I let know. him know. I said, look, I man, everybody knows you can play the instrument. Prove to everybody you can play the fucking music. Right. right <laughs> fuck, right. man. That's like that's, you're making it a it. bad experience for everybody, man. Especially right. the cats on the gig, man, because they're turning around looking. And like, I never played with him again. Right. You I know? was like, I crossed him off my list. Yeah. He left my Rolodex. And, and, and the worst part about it, the worst part about that guy, and we all know, the worst part about him is he has the gift. Yeah. And he chooses oh, no his ego over the music. Right. And that's where I, 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 I got in his ass numerous times about that. I just said, man, everybody know you can play, man. Quit trying to prove to everybody that you can play the instrument, man. Prove to everybody that you can play the music. And you'll have a career. Quit trying to be a fucking rock star, man. Just just be a musician. Well, I'm going to make you tell me who it is. Afterwards. No, well, but, afterwards. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, basically, you know. We, 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 why tell him? We told everybody on the last Did we, Oh, was it that guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh okay. was it? Who? No, it was like, no, it, it, it rhymes with an arterial disease. No. <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> but, uh <laughs> hey. Anyways. <laughs> what the fuck? I love it. But, it. but it's not as catchy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, right. Oh, that's classic. But you were going to say Anyways, but you know, I mean, I don't have a problem just real quick with like a guy who, in, in, you know, like a soloist that will introduce what I call a Tourette's moment. <laughs> you know, like you're kind of like, you're going along and everything's going along and, and you're playing and all of a sudden some guy's like, ah! You know, like, you know, like the Giants won the pennant. Like, what? You know, it's like, and you know, and like if the band picks up on that energy, that's really kind of a cool moment. Yeah, it, it, but yeah. you got to be able to go like, okay, I just made an awkward entrance. Now I'm going to, you know, I didn't yeah. get any support. Okay, okay. I'm going to go back to where right. you are. You know what I mean? So, so sometimes musically, and I've got numerous Wayne Shorter, Coltrane, yeah, right. Charlie Parker records, you know, where that, you know, Herbie Hancock, where that is kind of what they did, <laughs> right. and it worked out beautifully. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've done it in my no, no, we all do various it. times. No, but it's it's like uh, you do it, and, they, and then you're aware of the reaction to it, and yeah. then you're dealing with the next but, eventuality. Yeah, right. I know some cats. Now this is funny too because it's not. It's not as completely blatantly stupid as right. what we were yeah. talking about. Right. Right. But I know cats that that they pour all their energy into their fills. So, okay. so they're playing yeah. so they're playing a beat, they're going to Yeah, right. And they're phoning that in. Right, right, right. Okay, just where's my moment? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> all right, they're I'm waiting for seven, their moment. And here it comes. <laughs> And now I'm gonna phone this oh, in for a while. Wait a minute, but Scott, some, but a lot of times it's like you know I'm waiting for my moment. Boo, back the boo, boo, bang, Yo, one is now one is a movable one. You know, and they don't right. even make it. It's right. a movable one. And it's like oh, but shit. I just I just know those cats. It's like if they'd only put the fucking energy into their fills into the hey, fucking groove, Scott. It would be great. Now, now Scott, you just you know? tapped on you tapped on <laughs> another pet peeve of mine is is the is the guys in the group, you know, we're, we're mainly talking about rhythm section players. Those cats that that you know they don't give up nothing behind everybody else's solo, but when it comes to their solo, oh, yeah, then so it's all guns yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, 
And those are yeah. some of the most selfish, most petty yeah. little motherfuckers on the planet. Yeah. And I just want to put my foot all the way in the asshole, man. <laughs> I can't stand that shit. I know, man, you're going to sit there and I not know. give up nothing for everybody else. Right. But when it's your time to shine, now you're like, ah! <laughs> hey, ah! Ooh, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, really, that, motherfucker? Amen, amen, amen. Oh, man, that, now that shit pisses <laughs> me off. Yeah, that that does really so piss me off, man. too. But, yeah. you know, and back to, you know, kind of the original question that yeah, started right. all this. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, like, in terms of drums, like, I mean, I, I, I play the, I kind of play the drums. You know, I do play the yeah. drums. And, I mean, I'm not a drummer because I play right. the guitar, but, right. and I'm a real student of the drums. Mm. And to me, if jazz music has drums, it's a big part of it's about the drum. Mm-hmm. That's just the way the mu- the music doesn't move anywhere without the drums, right. and you know. And I've had the wonderful opportunity to firsthand play with and listen to mm-hmm. Max Roach and yeah. Roy Haynes mm-hmm. and Elvin Jones mm-hmm. and Philly Joe Jones, mm-hmm. you know, and Art Blakey. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, listen to them right. and play with them a little bit, and and so like I'm very well aware of like the the language, the vocabulary, the groove, mm-hmm. the the idea. So when I go to play with a drummer, I know just by before he even plays, just the way he sets up his drums or her, mm-hmm. who they listen to. And I know right. that there's certain types of vocabulary that are going to get me certain kinds of responses. Right, right. I just know it yeah. before we even play it. Right. I know that's where we're going to go. Right. You know, so I'm already aware, you know, I'm into like a second, third level part of the right. conversation. Just kind of like the way you size up somebody, you go, okay, I can see him. He's probably, okay, we got these subjects in common. Right. Okay, we can work this out. Right. You know, th- I mean, that's just basic homework that a jazz musician does. Right. And experience tells you. So I go into that. And, you know, and but you made a statement earlier, which was, you know, you were talking about somebody else, which is really my pet peeve. I got off the bandstand with a really good band that we were the all-star band for a festival. Mm. And... And, you know, it was a great band, and we were just there to play. I mean, we weren't a band. We right. were four guys, get together, yeah. play. Yeah, we're gonna, together. To we were going to back up right. a bunch of people. We're all leaders in our own right. we all sidemen in our own way. We're mm-hmm. just there to make some music. I mean, it was even like the pre-party for the gig, so we're just playing like a concert, you know. We just mm-hmm. get up playing tunes. Right. And, like, we're playing, and it was kind of okay. You know, it was, it was a good gig. I mean, we all what we did mm-hmm. and I uh, got off the bandstand and I'm packing up and the drummer kind of says yeah man he says he says like yeah I just couldn't play my shit <laughs> you know like the gig sucked right. basically basically I couldn't because play, I couldn't, couldn't play, play my shit. shit and I just looked at him and I said you know you just described a beautiful evening for me <laughs> I couldn't play my shit so I had to come up with something else I was fucking creative I was fucking, because this didn't work, I found something else that did. Because right. this didn't work, I was challenged to be in the moment right. and work with whatever I had to make right. it work. You just described jazz music to me. What the fuck are you doing here? Right. I said to him. And what the fuck are you really complaining about? Right, you know, I mean, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, really, come on. If this music has become about playing our shit, then it's not the jazz music that I fell in love with. Right. It's not the jazz music I want to play with. Right. And I don't believe it's really the definition of jazz music at all. Yeah, exactly. That's my personal feeling. And I really want to go, all and guitar players, just like drummers, because I think we're kindred spirits. Because mm. one, one thing, like, let's face it, 
who has the most workshops? Guitar players and drummers. Yeah. Who are the most geeky about equipment? Guitar, guitar players, players and drummers. And drummers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And who would be likely to say, I couldn't play my shit? Guitar players and drummers. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. Now, now you, you touched on that, man. And I, I wanted to yeah. give another anecdotal story yeah. about, you know, and here's the other thing that I, that I find with drummers is that is this lack of responsibility to be uh, proficiently a, a musician as other instrumentalists. I find, you know, they, they, you know, it's just like, I, well, since I don't deal with melody and harmony, I don't play those things, then, you know, I don't need to, you know, focus on that. You know, they just absolve themselves well, of but the responsibility. Yeah, this particular drummer, that, and, dig this, though. Yeah. This particular drummer I'm talking about, right. he was such a bitch because <laughs> because we would call a tune, right? Whatever. I mean, it's just like I've got four guys and I'm kind of, you know, I'm obviously the leader. I'm the oldest guy. Right. I'm the guitar player. Right. So I'm probably going to be the melody guy with the piano bass right. drums, right? Right. right? So I just call any tune that I think everybody's going to fucking know. Right. So we can just play so we don't have a bunch of downtime. Right, exactly. And and the guys, the drummer right. is giving me shit about what tunes I'm calling. Right. And I'm going like, you can do whatever the fuck you want on any tune. Right. You're not like me where I have to actually play the melody or the and chords. Harmony, yeah, harmony. You know, like you could go if you want to turn it into a hip hop experience, if you want to play it in seven, if you I mean, we gotta go with you. You yeah. know, I mean anything you want, you get, and yet you're giving me shit about what tunes I'm calling. Well, it's like well, who no, the fuck well, are well, you? Not only are you complaining about the about the selection that's being given, yeah. you're not giving any input whatsoever to even suggest something Maybe possibly better. Right. You just want to complain. Right. Because you can't get to your shit. Right. You selfish ass, bitch ass motherfucker. <laughs> right on. Fuck you.
like like Clint Eastwood said uh, to this one actress who tried to deliver her only one line in the film in that uh, what's that film about the cranky old guy? Oh, Grant Torino. Uh, yeah, Grant Torino. And she she tried to just totally overdo her one line in the film. Uh, uh, Jay Moore, the comic, yeah. was in the movie, and it was a scene with him and this and this lady, middle aged lady, right? And she was just totally overdoing her line. And Clint Eastwood, this is the line. This is what he uh, Jay Moore related what Clint Eastwood told this woman. You cannot even remotely believe how much this isn't about you. <laughs> and that's what I think about that drummer you're talking you're about, right. man. You can't believe how much this really isn't about you, man. It's about the music, you dipshit. Right. You know, so, yeah, now talking about drummers and absolving responsibility for being musicians, quote unquote, right? So a couple of years ago, I did a thing, and this was up in Portland, right? And and so we were at uh, the university up there. You know the pianist Daryl Grant. Yeah, you know, sure. Yeah, he teaches up at uh, I guess the University yeah. of Oregon yeah. up there. You know, great. You know, he, he's doing a great job. He's been there for years. So anyway, I had a, 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 a like a, a you know like a master class with four drummers. Two of them were women, which was cool. You know, so this one woman, I said, you know, she was asking me, well, you know, how do you deal with playing a solo? Well, I mean, how do you develop uh, some ideas? What, what do you play? When you have a solo, right? And I said, well, just, re you know, at, at the very least, rely on the melody, right? So so I had her get on the drums, right? So I had her get on the drums. I said, pick a song that you like. Uh, she said, um, never be another you, right? I said, okay, so this is what I want you to do. Okay, I want you to play time, sing the melody, first chorus. The second chorus, play a solo, right? So now, you know, pick a tempo you like. You know, one, okay, so she knew on medium. One, two, yeah. one, two, three. Right? So she's yeah. singing the whole thing. All right, so okay, you're at the end of the melody. And now, solo. And man, when she started her solo, I mean, totally, totally nothing related to the melody whatsoever. I let her finish the chorus and. You know, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, said, all right. So I said, okay, let me ask you one question. Now, if you were soloing and I just happened to walk in the room, do you honestly believe that I would know what tune you were playing based on your solo? She said, yes. Really? <laughs> and I said, I looked at her and the other three drummers are going. <laughs> and I looked at I said, that's your final answer, right? She said, yeah. I said, Come on, you gotta be kidding me. There, I, there was nothing that you related your solo to the melody at all. I didn't hear any piece of the melody that you played on your solo. You just sang the melody of mm -hmm. the tune and you didn't utilize any parts of the melody in your solo. To, and you, then you're asking about, you don't have any ideas because you're just not even hearing the music. You don't even, you don't even know what you're supposed to be doing. You know, that tells me that you're really not listening to the to the composition. You're not you you know, you don't know it. You, you know, so so you know, I sat down and I you know, went through the tune and, and you know, soloed and singing the melody and you you know, playing off of the melody and you know, utilizing it. You know, they you know, and it just seemed you know, so when I did it, it was like Oh, you know, like all of a sudden it, an epiphany or something, but it's amazing how many how much drummers really 
absolved themselves of that responsibility of learning the melody, learning the, the, the changes. It, it just it, it astounds me, man. Now, you know, generation, uh, generationally, now we got this whole group of young drummers, you know, the gospel chops. Drummers, oh, you know, shit. you, you know, want to fucking yeah. no, no, and and, and no, it's, don't it, get me started on yeah, that. Now see, shit. now and and I uh, and when, so when like when these younger drummers talk to me, you know, it's like, well, where who you? I said, look, see, I grew up, I couldn't play in the church, you know, like the church that I went to, you know, the pastor was old school Baptist, like you ain't shaking no tambourine, we ain't having <laughs> no guitar, you know, it's just piano and organ. That's it. Right. You couldn't play near drum up in there, man. You know, and now over the what the past thirty years, it, it's obviously changed because right. once they took once they took the music programs out of the schools, out of the you know high schools, junior high schools and stuff. The only place where you know musicians could play was the church at that point. So when once that started, that's how these kids learn how to play through the church. So it, it serves some good. The bad part for me with. With, with these drummers and some of the other instrumentalists too, is that, you know, okay, that's your source where you start to learn, but they don't really, you know, t not really venture totally outside of it. They just kind of stay in this like kind of bubble of their environment of how they learn, play music. And, and it's, there's a lot of showtime at the Apollo, <laughs> you know, in oh, that. Dude, I mean, it's like, me man, it. these guys are just way overdoing it, way and, playing over the music, way past the money is, is, you is know the same. They, do? Though, they yeah. have their they have their fucking crew. There'll be a leader. Oh, yeah. There'll they got the leader. peanut gallery. They got the a leader, right. and then they got a crew. So right. what happens is just like if you're in the NFL, you know, you're going to be a quarterback today or you're going to be a running back. And you bring your crew to watch you practice, right? Because yeah. that's your crew's gonna yeah, they give you your props, man. and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna kiss your ass and tell you how great you are after the rehearsal. Hey, man. But they bring their fucking crew to the gig, dude. And they I've sit in the front row, and, and they go Oh man! Oh look at that! Oh, he was killing! Oh, he was killing! Oh man! I've seen it! I've seen it numerous times, man. Hey, this one gig with the with the aforementioned drummer that we had discussed about. Yeah, he's it, it, it was his gig, and, it, and, and hey, needless to say, he showed his natural ass, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like I said, no, he's gifted, totally gifted, talented, yeah. beyond measure, yeah. right? That night, it was his gig, man, he pulled out all the stop, just, and it's like about seven or eight of his boys, oh, man, oh, damn, he was killing up. You're right, man. Yeah, oh man, just the whole night. Right. So, so on the break, they go to the back of the club, right? So it's all those boys. Yeah, man, it was like, man, man. You know, and I'm the old man, right? I'm the legend, you know, right? I'm quote unquote, I'm the legend, right? You know, so I just roll up, and you know, the you know the young guys, you know, they look at you. Know, so I said, say, bro, yo, man. That was some killing shit you done played over everybody else's shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, man? Oh, oh, man, come on, man. Uncle Marv, man, come on, man. I said, no, nah, man. That, you, know, you played some hell of fine shit over everybody else, man. You know, it's just like one continuous drum solo, man. I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I, I did it, and I, I did it intentionally in front of his boys just to let him know, like, no, nah, motherfucker, no, nah. no, nah, man. You ain't making no music, man. You know, like, they can be all kiss your ass, but no, nah, man. Huh. You talking to Uncle Marv here, man. I don't give a fuck. You know, yeah, I'm going to let you know the truth. I'm, you know, I love you. 
And it's some tough love, you know, because I'm going to be real with you, man. Like, if you bullshitting, I'm going to say you bullshitting, man. And you need to serve the music, man. So stop that ego shit, man. I, that's the part that gets me with these young, young, uh, you know, there's, a, there's several of them that really understand and they really got it. And, and I totally support them. But uh, there's a lot of these other, other drummers that are chasing them and they're just chasing the train that already left. Right. And they're just bump, rumbling, bumbling and stumbling, man. And they have no, they, they miss the musicality aspect. Of like what it's really well, about. Well, that's because, but that's so much what today's world values. Well, you and, know? and it's, and it's, it's instant sad. gratification and yeah. all that, and you know. You know, but but I mean, I I just want to you know, yeah. Smitty here, he, you know, and back to his point about you know knowing more about the music. If you're a drummer, just you know, knowing more about the music so you can bring the melody and the harmony into what you do. Mm -hmm. Just like us guitar players. Really, I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, granted, I like to play the drums and I do play the drums, but even if you don't, sit down, take a stick and a ride cymbal and just play time. This will change your attitude about your own playing and it will change your understanding of what you're playing. It's really, I mean, it's really, if you're going to play the music, just learn basic drums and, and understand what's happening there because it really is. The drummers are the architects of energy and dynamics, whether you like it or not. So if you have some understanding of where the drummer's coming from and what goes into playing that instrument, you can help guide the whole music as a leader into the place you want it to go and interact with it. But Smitty's got, like, I mean, he's kind of otherworldly because just my our last gig together... I mean, I do stupid shit like I sing funny songs, right? <laughs> I've been known to do this. And, you know, I'm neither a singer nor, well, neither a singer nor a singer. So uh, <laughs> I'm both. And, and I'm here, and I'm just figuring I'm going to do this solo because it's going to be very short because I won't torture people that long. But mm. Smitty starts playing along. So the bass player decides to start playing along. Well, he doesn't have any idea of what fucking tune I'm playing. And I'm like going, oh, fuck, you know, I've got, now I've got to, like, lead a band. Right now, it's like I, I just was gonna sing a fucking stupid song here. Making I mean, this is like a joke I'm telling, you know what I mean? Right, right. And and like I'm like going, I'm thinking like, okay, I've got to turn over and like play roots so that the bass player can see my hands, you know, because I know that he doesn't know this song and is it's not one he's just gonna hear his way through. But and before I can do it, I hear Smitty going G sharp. C sharp. <laughs> He's yeah. yelling the changes to the bass player, and I'm like, "Oh, oh cool." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I that's been, rare. Yeah, yeah I, 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 do, I do. You know, because I'm looking. Hey, man, right. it's all for one, right. one for all. No, man. it was just and, happening, and, and, and I'm, I'm like thinking, I got to show him the roots, and before I can get my guitar neck around, he's already like yelling the chords to the guy. So it's okay. I got the. He's got this. I can. Yeah. I can do what I got to do. Yeah, yeah, man. You, you be there for you guys, man. That's uh, you know all <laughs> one, one for all. You know what? I, for me, it's not about because uh, I'm. I've been lucky. I haven't really played with a whole lot of guys that lose me just on purpose. But but it's not about busy or not busy. It's about just the service of the groove. Because right. like a lot of drummers, well, you play busy. Novak plays busy. Yeah. Lots of drummers <laughs> I play with play busy. Right. But you never don't know where one is. Well, you see, always that, know where it is. Well, it it's also musical. It's, it's musical. Right. This is the other thing that I've noticed about drums. And, and, uh, and again, this is... It's like scientific. I've done this experiment. Mm -hmm. This isn't just anecdotal. Right. This is scientific. Um, I'm playing. 
things are going great. You know, and like various levels of drummers. I play with the busiest ones. I've played with the simplest ones. Mm -hmm. I know what this is about. I'm playing along and things are going great. And then all of a sudden, shit sounds noisy. <laughs> no, it really does. And, 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 and invariably, every time, all I got to do is look over at the drummer. And he's doing some sort of grimacing thing where he, you are, he's obviously figuring, he's working on something <laughs> yeah, he's working he's, on. He's or, working on like the, some shit. kind of a, yeah, you there, know, there's algorithmic. Some, there's some shit happening here that he's like working out. And then eventually it comes out and he's back to playing and it stops being noisy. Right. And it, it has nothing to do, because like the thing he's working out might not even be as busy as the thing he was playing before that. Right. But it's still, the difference is, is one sounds like music. And the other one sounds noisy. Well, like and I, I, I swear crazy. to, I swear yeah. to God that I mean, I, I can, I can tell you how many times in a life of playing right. for all these years that like I can be playing, and it's like I know exactly what's happening. The drummer's like gone off into his own world, and right. I can look yeah, over, exactly. and you can see it physically because they're right. doing this or they're doing that or yeah, they're doing, right. they're not looking at the band, you know, right. whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And then as soon as they kind of come back. They could be playing, like you say, twice as busy as they had been playing, and all of a sudden it sounds like music again. It's just not yeah. about busy. It's no, not, it's it not at all. Busy. Because yeah. busy can be great. You know what? I saw, um, because I used to get, there's a drummer I used to play with a lot, and I really would get very tired of four bars in a fill. Four yeah. bars in a fill. Yeah. Simple groove and then a fucking fill. Simple <laughs> groove and then a fucking fill. And it's like, it's like, as a phraser, right. you know what I mean? Right. You're trying to create a motif. Right. And when somebody plays a fill in the middle of your motif, and you've yeah. got to start yeah. all over again with right. a new one, yeah. because and he just because, ended that one yeah, for yeah. you. Yeah. You know, you know, and, and that's because they're not being in tune, man. No, they're not really no, listening to what not, you're doing. They're not. So you it's know? four bars and a fill, four bars and a fill. So I went and saw Jeff Beck one night <laughs> with... Uh, with um, Terry Bozio playing oh, drums. Yeah, wow. What a motherfucker, man. Yeah, Terry. This guy doesn't play any fills. But he takes all that fucking energy, mm -hmm. you know, all those chops. Right. And it sounds like five drummers playing at the same mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. but the groove is monstrous. Yeah. And it just keeps going. And yeah. it's fucking, you just go, what the fuck? Because you, you see his hands moving a million miles an hour. But the groove is just It's never a fill. It's not a, about playing and then yeah. doing a fill. Now, here, it's just about fucking now, now servicing getting, the getting groove. Getting to the topic of what you're saying about, like, you know, being busy or whatever, you know. It, it, you know, and this is what I, this is the topic that I wanted to touch on is, is that, you know, drummers have to have a sensibility of who they're playing with. You know, now, here, perfect example. I used to work. I used to work in the in the jazz tech. You know, our farmer Benny Golson, Curtis Fuller. It was uh, uh, Rufus Reed played uh, bass and uh, Mickey Tucker on piano, right? So now I used to play in that band, and I can honestly tell you, man, with with Benny Golson, our farmer Curtis Fuller, you got three disparate, uh, you know, soloing approaches, right? Now Benny, you know, Benny comes out of the you know bebop. You know, think look, he was friends with Train. He got some of that, you know, he's got some of the old school, you know, Coleman Hawkins, Ben Webster, you know, some of the swing air vibe, you know, mixed with the bebop and the post bop vibe with Train and you know, so he you know, he could play all this rhythmic stuff and he loved when I would, you know, go with him, man. You know, I'd play all this rhythmic stuff, you know, Not play art. more play more play more busy. 
Now, Art Farmer. You don't want that. Art Farmer was way more subtle. <laughs> yeah. He was way more subtle in terms of his approach. <laughs> so, okay, you got to give him some space. Right. Give him some space. Let him, let him chart his course. Let the, you know, because he was kind of like a simmer to a boil. Mm -hmm. You know, that was basically Art's approach on, on his plan. Curtis Fuller. Straight down the pike, man. Just give it to him. Yeah, you know he loved Art Blakey because Art would give him a yeah. strong downbeat. You know, whatever. You know, you know, just like right straight ahead, boom. So I give him that. You know. So now, in the course of a song, in three solos, I have three different approaches. Mm -hmm. You know, and you have to have sensibilities to to support that. You can't just like just veg out and just like you say four bars and a fill. Four bars in a fifth. But at the same time, and yet, and yet, yet you also have that you you have this other responsibility. Somehow making it all sound like it belongs together. Exactly. Because that's I mean that's not just you. That's the entire rhythm section. Yeah. But we have that job of like, okay, this guy's going here. This guy likes to go here. I mean, especially a band like the Jazz Tent, which that was the later years of the Jazz. Yeah, yeah, like yeah when they when they put it back together. Yeah, right. So they'd all kind of develop their own thing and then they threw it back together. Right. But, you know, to be a rhythm section, to somehow have this all make sense right? in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, these are the levels of true support in music. And truly the challenge of being alive on this earth playing music mm -hmm. is like, to, this, is your, this is your challenge to take all this brilliance and make it more brilliant. Right. That, let me tell you something. Yeah. That joke didn't come from nowhere. You know that joke. Uh, uh, what kind of person likes to hang around musicians? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, drummers. Drummer, yeah. Right. That joke didn't. That joke's got its basis in yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. In some facts. Yeah, there, there this, is some truth to this. It. Is a guy who, and I've been lucky to play with others who are musicians first. Right. Like all of us. Yeah. We're musicians first. And we're instrumentalists second. Yeah, right. But we're musicians first, and we right. have to be. Otherwise, we will not get the acclimates that we want. You know, we won't. We won't get the praise I mean, yeah. we want. We won't. Nobody's gonna pay attention to us if we're not musicians first, because nobody nobody pays attention. Well, to actually, people. actually, I hate to say it, but well, there may be some that in the do. in the world in the world now. You know, let's face it: it's guitar players <laughs> and drummers. Gonna, I'm not gonna go if, there. if we're if we're if we're shredders first. Like, yeah. we're going to get a lot of fans. You know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about... I mean, I don't want to do that. I, I'm and frankly, dumb fans. I'm, I'm old now. I'm old fans. now anyway. So I, it's like, you know... I don't yeah, want yeah. dumb but, fans. I want fans that... I don't want fans that are but just you know what I'm saying. I play fast. What? Yeah, right. I don't want those fucking fans. If, right. they're if they're only impressed that I can play fast, fuck them. I don't want them to listen but to But, you know, I mean, we've got, an, we've got an art form. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm using that word loosely. Uh, we got an art form that basically had, exists mostly in the education world. I'm right? an accolades, not acclimates. <laughs> and that, you're an acclimate? Yeah, accolades, uh, not acclimates. Acclimate. I put that on toast the other day. Hey! Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, academia, I love those nuts. Hey! But, you know, I mean, so we got this music that's centered in an educational environment, not really in a performance environment mm -hmm. now. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's, it seemed to have shifted. And so what ends up happening, <laughs> and I mean, to use this word, and I don't think I'm the first person to use it, but I'll take credit for it, uh, which is we've almost fetishized the ability to play. Yeah, because yeah, because the, people who, the people who are into it are into it for 
these other reasons. It's not out in the world doing its thing you know anymore. What it's in this. Says? You know what Kinsey says? What? He says about jazz. What? About, especially straight ahead. You know what he says about it? He says, oh, God. everybody wants to learn it, but nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> That's what right. he said. Right. Everybody wants to learn it, but nobody wants to listen to it. <laughs> I was in New Zealand, and there's this guy. He's a famous filmmaker there. Not not the big one, you know, but he's one of the bigger ones. And he's sitting there with me, and, he, and he, he, I'm sitting at dinner with him. Right. And he says to me, I hate jabs. Wow. <laughs> and I went like, whoa. Yeah, I, I, said to, I said to him, I said, like, well, you know you're sitting here with me, right? I mean, you yeah. want, it's like me saying to you, I hate movies made by people who are Kiwis, you yeah, fucking yeah, idiots. Yeah. You know, get, give me an Aussie any day. You know, but I mean, it's like, do you realize? And, and, and he says, yeah, well, I hate jazz. He says, well, you like Miles Davis, right? He says, I love Miles Davis. You like Keith Jarrett, right? Yeah, I love Coltrane. I mean, like, I'm naming all this right. great shit. He says, I love that. He says, but you said you hate jazz. He says, I hate jazz. He says, what are you talking about? He says, well, when I go hear jazz, it's now a bunch of students reading real books, playing scales over chord changes. Mm. I went like, oh, whoa. (laughs) This is a guy who actually is not a stupid motherfucker, obviously. And to him, because he's out in the world, but right. he's not like us, right, right. who like find the underground shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're like in the club. Mm-hmm. We know the secret handshake. We know the password. We know where all the stuff is. But he's a guy who just like, hey, I think I'll go hear some jazz. And he, every time he's like completely, he's bummed because he doesn't get he's get yeah, what he wants. right, right. I mean, it's not he so he hates he it now. Right. And I'm like going, and then we even had a jam session afterwards, and he was there, and I, I kept asking him, it's just like, <laughs> do you hate this? <laughs> Am I, am, I, am I playing like scales over chords? He goes, no, of course not. And I'm like, going, I don't know. I mean, you know, at this point, I'm like, I'm, I'm completely disoriented here, you know, because I thought I respected you, and now I'm like, I do, but I don't, and I like, I want to, you know, I want to hang out with an Aussie. You know, you know, I think you, you touched on something that that I observed over these past yeah. like many years now, where you know, and I think that illustrates what I think has happened with the music. Is that like you say that the the academics of it has taken over in in terms of the emphasis? Right. You know that seems to be the priority. As you know, where I, what I kind of find in in these schools, you know, having done workshops in several of them, is that you know it's 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 about you know the methodology that seems to be the the, the focus and the, and the priority, and and they they. They, they don't emphasize the spirit of the music to teach that aspect of it. It's like the methodology. It's like, okay, you got the Berkeley method. You got the new school method. You got, you know, the William Patterson method or, or you know, Rutgers, you know, school method, Manhattan school method. You know, you know, it's like their brand of method of teaching whatever aspect of the music, you know. And that seems to be the focus and. And they're leaving out the spirit in which, you know, you got to bring to the music, man. They don't teach that aspect of it, you know. And and I find that missing with these young players. When I hear them play, you know, as the old saying is, it's, it's correct, but it ain't right. Well, they they play better than anybody. They play better than we do. I mean, the, the chops-wise, you yeah. know, technique-wise, yeah. knowledge-wise, and again, the fetishization. You know, they're all... They can play like 50 more transcriptions than we can play, mm-hmm. you know, and yet it's like that's what it's about to them. 
You know, and there's no imagination, right. there's no innovation, right. and ultimately there's no creativity. Right, right. See, and that I think that lends to the overall aspect about education in this country. It's about just, just, just make the grade, just pass, just pass the class, just make the grade. And I think it's really about that. You just study enough to get the A on the final exam, and then when it's all finished, you don't. You, there's no retention. You don't remember none of that stuff. You know, it's just enough to just pass you, because, that class. Because you degree. because you personally have nothing invested. Right. In. Yeah. That's the reason. And I think that I think that that is you know when we're talking about the music uh, uh, you know jazz programs you know in, in the, the the institutions, I think it that's a microcosm of the the. the the bigger picture of education in general in this country. Oh, I totally agree. You know, I, I really, I really see that because it's just about okay. If I put this, if I put these two bars of a two five together, along with okay, if I put number one of the two bars of the two five with number forty seven, and then right. number thirty two, right. yeah. And then number, now I got eight bars of a perfectly constructed, you know, uh, solo, right? Yeah, you know, but but that being said, paint by numbers. Tell yeah. me if I'm wrong here. Uh huh. In just in a jazz mm -hmm. mindset, mm -hmm. this is the way I think. Mm -hmm. If you can get your instrument out of the case mm -hmm. and plug your shit in mm -hmm. and just be able to play it, yeah. whatever it is, whatever you got, right? And you're in a position, and people are playing music with whatever limited or extensive mm -hmm. vocabulary mm -hmm. you have, mm -hmm. you should be able to make something happen. I agree. I agree, but I got to say something. On a about jazz it. level. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say you're going to be as great as Scott Henderson. I'm not going to say you're going to be like something worth making the record of the year with. Mm -hmm. But just here in this room, if we were to all pull out our instruments and play, mm -hmm. if you can like basically get your shit in tune and you know a few things, right? And just keeping your ears and your mind open and right. being musical, you should be able to make something happen. Let me, let right. Me, let me right? Or, no, I agree. Let me, let me say something. Why that doesn't happen? This, this okay. Is, this is because it, it's a simple explanation, and I learned it from being a dad. Mm. All right. So I watched my little kid. Mm -hmm. I watched Angela when she was one year old. She couldn't say anything. Right. When she got to be around six years old, she started actually sounding like an adult. Mm -hmm. Like she had enough vocabulary to actually speak phrases, and they made really good sense. Right. And she starts so for six or seven seven years. It took her to take a language and turn it into real thought. Right. Well, it's the same on an instrument. Mm. You ain't going to fucking say shit on your instrument until you've pl been playing it well, six or seven wait years. Wait a minute. And, well, and it, may, it may take some people that long, you know, and it you, takes people you, 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 but less. You, but you're speaking eloquence. Right. You knew at three months that she had a full diaper. Yeah, but I'm not... That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. I'm talking, I'm about, talking about that. No, I'm uh, talking let, about let me, that. Let me though. just... Continue my thought yeah, okay. is that is that is that when she got to be around six and she started being able to talk and and then I say okay now she's sort of mastered the vocabulary now she's gone to the next level to say meaningful things with the vocabulary. Mm -hmm. I got students that have only been playing three years. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of chops. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of shit. They mm -hmm. know a lot of vocabulary, mm -hmm. but they have not had the experience. They have not had the six or seven years of stage experience mm -hmm. to be able to talk. You need to, to be put able your... to, to be able to say anything worthwhile. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the playing experience yet. 
And I think that if they do get that playing experience, they might turn into good musicians. Right, but yeah, even yeah. at their earliest development, if they have the right perspective mm -hmm. and they're around particularly good players, mm -hmm. they can make something happen and learn from the experience and get the most out of it. I don't think it's rocket science on that level. It's like you take, you know, hey, I get, I get in this situation, I got what I've got, and I got to make it work to get what I need to have mm -hmm. happen. And if, and if I'm in, and I need to find the bathroom and I don't know the language, then I'm going to like pull on my fucking, but I mean, you know, <laughs> but I no, mean, no, seriously, no, no, when, really, when, but how I'm good did you play when you were only playing for three years? I, I mean, would, could no, you no, do I, that? I'm, no, 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 but I yes. don't think, I think no, we're yes, talking about yes, no, I, I could make it work, but, but I was, I was definitely riding on everybody's coattails, but I knew right. I was, right. and I was able to kind of just get the energy out and stay out of the way mm -hmm. and know what was yeah. play from where I was mm -hmm. and right. be very well or I was I was in high water and I didn't have a paddle. You know, I mm -hmm. knew all that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, that that basic philosophy of how we make this music and and the the heritage we 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 have mm -hmm. the responsibility of upholding right. comes from look, you know, you listen to great records from the Blue Note days. Mm -hmm. There are guys on completely different levels right. of, of knowledge, of vocabulary, mm -hmm. of groove, of background, and yet they found a way to make music together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, now I'm not saying that, of course, a three a third-year player would be on a <laughs> right. Blue Note record, of course, but I'm saying even at that third-year level, you need to have the perspective mm -hmm. of those guys right. while you're learning, or we're missing the point. Yeah. As long as we... Aggrandize the gold medal and the and the technical standard and the vocabulary knowledge. Okay, if you don't know this much and you don't know this much that you ain't shit, then these guys know all this shit and they can't do anything with it because they never even saw a car, but they were taught how to drive it somewhere on a video. But take it, take check this out though. Check out the education system as it is now, mm -hmm. and say your job is a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. First and foremost, you got to hand out vocabulary. You just got to fucking hand out the shit and tell people to learn it. That's all. I mean, you can't not do that. Mm. You got to tell them, you got to transcribe this guy. You got to transcribe this guy. You got to transcribe this guy. You need to know all your modes. You need to know all your scales. You need to know all the notes on your fingerboard. You right. got to have all you gotta this have, together. You got to have a foundation. You yeah. got to. You yeah. cannot, you can't be a good teacher and not give your students a proper education. Right. Now, where is the time for all the right brain shit? Mm-hmm. The time's gone. Class is well, over. Well, I, th well, I, yeah. I, think, I personally I think, find... Yeah, because you got to be able to balance where you kind of give, right. give them an outlet to like apply as they go. Right, because well, there's one thing that was missing yeah. heavily in your particular... Well, I know there's a lot of shit no, missing. No, it was songs. Yeah. You well, mentioned modes. You yeah. mentioned vocabulary, transcribing. You mentioned everything but... So, well, I, but I miss, no, no. My uh, point I didn't is, mean you teach. To miss songs. I know, I know you did. Saying they but teach I'm you saying songs too. that is the experiential level. That if you put the emphasis on songs, and of course they have to learn their instruments. So scales and arpeggios and technique, that shit doesn't even that doesn't deserve to be taught in a jazz class. That's mm. that's musicianship. That's musicality. That's instrumental. Whatever you that is not jazz. It, that needs to but be separated to from jazz. It? No, you need to learn it. But I need to be separated. You're not learning jazz now. You're learning your instrument. Well, you're you're learning your scales. You're learning your arpeggios and your theory. That is just how the shit works. Yeah, if you want to use this paintbrush to paint on that canvas, mm -hmm. you need to know how this paintbrush works. Okay. Yeah. That's that stuff. And, and, and I think to your point is that even a first year 
you know, student like like at high school level, you know, let's say on a high school level, even a first year student, you know, okay, they're 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 learning, you know, their modes, they're learning the scales that fit the mode, you know, whatever changes. But they still should be able to play at you know, even at the first year level. They should be able to play you could just play so what and find something that you can work in that. Yeah, you know just you I mean? got I mean you can we, make something happen. We play songs, time. you play songs, I play songs, Smitty plays songs. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. You should learn songs because that means that all the information you are attaining, whether it be from transcribing or from theory or from technique or whatever you're learning, mm-hmm. it has a purpose. And as long as the information has a purpose, you learn it with a really solid you have a reason to learn it and retain it and you have a reason to develop it because it serves purpose of what you're there mm-hmm. to do but there has to be a connection for that student to realize that and if there isn't one if there's a complete cutoff where the student just feels like okay I'm getting a bunch of vocabulary to learn. I'm getting a bunch of shit to learn. And the student's overwhelmed. Right. Over-fucking-whelmed. Yes. With all the stuff he has to learn right. to make it in the school. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, what, the way we handle that mm-hmm. at our school right. is that... You kick him out? The, cla- the classrooms <laughs> are the classrooms, but the open counseling is which yeah. I do. I right. don't yeah, teach any classes. Right. My job is to, even if they only t- know two notes... Right. To help them sound good with the two notes that they, they know. know. And, and again, that's that, my job. That's where songs come that's, in. Yeah, well, that's my job. And that's like, that's exactly what I think really all of our job is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that I'm taking, I'm, I'm just looking at realistically, realistically, not what we want, but realistically what's going on is that they've become so competitive with trying to make their students smarter and cram as much information down their throat mm-hmm. so that everybody can know everything there fucking is to know mm-hmm. that they run out of time. And they go, yeah, shit, I, I, there I just isn't fucking too. time to show these guys how to play. Let them learn that on their well, ex- own. Exa- no, no, and, yeah. I, and, and, yeah, and exactly. Is this is where I diverge from the philosophy there. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, I understand that, that in academia... We can only teach certain things. You know, you can't teach somebody to have an ear for melody. They have to develop an ear for melody. Especially you a can't teacher teach, that can't play. You can't, yeah, and you can't teach people good time. <laughs> you can't teach good time. You can't teach good time. People right. develop, develop good time. Yeah. But what ends up happening is because we didn't present the way this music works, learn to play a song. Right. Just play a song. Yeah. Just play a song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, learn the melody. And, and you know, and, and, and because we didn't front load that aspect mm-hmm. in, there's no reason for them to apply themselves to all this other information because mm-hmm. they don't see a correlation right. between that and success. Yeah, that's the problem. They, got, and, they see it. You know, because like me, yeah. I got to admit, I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. I did. Well, look, I, mean, I, I went, I, I, I I went had to sh- Berkeley College for a year right. and a half. I, look, I learned composition in high school as right. a freshman. The, 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 our, our music teacher was a great guy, rest in peace, Norman Lang. He was a student. Uh, he was a trumpet player. He was a student at North Texas State. He and Marvin Stam were right. together at school. Right. You know, and how he ended up in Waukegan, Illinois, I never know, but I'm so thankful he did because he took over the concert band, he took over the jazz band, and he started a composition class when I was a freshman. Uh-huh. And, you know, so I'm studying Walter Piston, you know, 
harmony, four part harmony, no parallel fourths and fifths and this, plagal cadences and this and blah, you know, right. bam. And then when I was a junior, then we got into Walter Piston counterpoint, and that was even that was even deeper, man. Like, whoa, okay, you know, figuring out. But that's how I got into the music. So by the time I got to Berkeley College, man, and they're talking about, you know, they, they didn't call it harmony class. They talk, they they call it chord scales, right? So here they are. Well, you know, the avoid tone is the fourth on the dominant seventh. I said, wait a minute, man. I got this Charlie Parker re record where he's playing you know, he, F's he all playing, over C seven. Yeah, he's playing F naturals over to C seven, but it wasn't about the note; it was about the line he was playing. Yeah, and it's about the idea, man. So whatever you talk, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to these records right here, man, right. because they're telling me the truth. So I'm gonna right. I'm gonna get with those. So I'll pass the <laughs> class, but I know what the truth is, and the truth right. is on these records, man. Well, so, I, I had a similar yeah. experience to him. I'm a good Jewish boy. Uh, when when we want to learn something, we get a book. Mm -hmm. That's what we're trained. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to learn to play jazz. I heard Bird. I thought, I got to do this. And so what did I do? And I got this book, Improvising Jazz, which is a great book. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a 14-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. And and I got the book, and he's talking about, well, you know, D minor, G7, C is all with the key of C. So the, key, the scale of C works with that, right. you know, and... And like, so I'm trying to play these tunes along with Bird, and I'm using these major scales over these two five one progressions, and I sound like shit, and Bird sounds great, you know, obviously. And so I stopped, and like, I just figured out what Bird was doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whoa. And like, after 30 minutes, I sounded a lot better. Mm -hmm. And like, whereas after three or four hours with that book, I was sucking the big one. So I immediately right. went record good, book bad, which yeah. is really, right. which, yeah. you know, right. but I'm, right. I'm 14 years old, which is a really stupid way to look at it, but that's just the but way I did it. it really is the truth. I mean, I mean, I mean, give me a break. I, I'm telling my students that, okay, I understand that you're, you're taking a class and I understand that you've got good teachers here, but let me ask you something. I mean, do any of your teachers play as good as John Coltrane? <laughs> and they say, no. And I say, well, don't you think you might want to listen to John to Coltrane? Coltrane right, exactly. <laughs> listen to a John Coltrane record? Because yeah. it's yeah. like, I'm a good teacher, but I'm not as good as John yeah, Coltrane. Right. Yeah, you yeah. might want to listen to John yeah, you Coltrane. You might want to check this out, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Get to the real source. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and that's where a lot of it, you know, I mean, came for me. And, you know, and, and so at that moment in time where I could have gone school, but I was already working, I just, you know, I mean, at school, they were all wanting to work with the guys I was already working with. So I says, I'm not going to do four years here with you guys. I'm going to play with them. And, but my thirst for theoretical knowledge mm -hmm. was so strong that what they would do in a semester, I was doing in two weeks because, because yeah. well, they stretch uh, it how out. Did, how Stupidly did, stretch because, it because out. there's, there's people yeah. in there that aren't interested. Yeah. Right. So they have to yeah. come along too. You know, me, I was like, I got to know how this works. And it was a time where, where the guys didn't want to tell you. Mm -hmm. They were happy to let you be there and play it for you, but they weren't going to talk about it. They mm -hmm. were just, this is, I had to figure it out. You figure it out. That was, yeah, right, I, yeah. I, was I mean, I think I asked Freddie a question once, and that was what he said to me. I said, when, when you go that, what do you, what, what is that? And he goes, man, I had to figure it out. You figure it out. Yeah, right. I mean, that's, and, and that's and that's yeah. uh, that's what we had to grow up with, right. with like those older cats right. because they get into some cryptic shit man yeah. on mm -hmm. you man and you be like mm -hmm. like really? you know like, and so really, and so <laughs> I was like I was eating theory mm -hmm. you know and I was studying 
and I have, and 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 many people will tell you I have like my own words and ways of looking at shit because I had figured it out on my own because every other person who presented it to me didn't seem to get what mm-hmm. I was hearing. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure it out and I came up with my own little language or my own perspective mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. playing outside and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, I like came up with these all weird things, mm-hmm. you know, and, but don't tell me I did study this shit, man. Mm-hmm. I, I did more work than any student yeah. at any school did. Mm-hmm. It's well, just, I did it at a different pace. But the right. reason I, I, the reason I did it is because I wanted and needed to do it because I was playing and I was playing the songs, and I was playing with good cats, mm-hmm. and I wanted to keep up. So I did all that work based on an organic place of like, God, I got to take this to there. And the only way to do it, I got to figure this shit out somehow. You know, and nobody's helping me. And I could have been in a class where I'd done a bunch of homework, but then I wouldn't have been playing at the same time. You know what I mean? I would have been moving at the speed of the slowest guy. Well, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think I am, but... We're lucky You're wrong. to be. <laughs> we're, we're, we're lucky to be the age yeah. that we are because right. when we grew up, right. I mean, I think I've been on the road since '78. Yeah, playing every night yeah. for months right. since I was, since 1978. Yeah, and you have two, and you have yeah. two. Yeah. So, think about our students. Right. Are they doing that? No, they right. they ain't got those kind of they ain't got those kind of night yeah. to night yeah. every single night on the bandstand. Yeah. They don't have they don't it, get to have that experience yet. Yet, and so in, yet they're my really good, but they they're no. really great too. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, and now we're we're entering a new world. Yeah, and you know, and particularly you Trump. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, that's a whole other. Yeah, 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 it's different, all right. I guess that just we're about to blow up. Yeah. No, we're about to blow up North Korea. Yeah, exactly. Talk, talk, right. talk about a soft on. Uh, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, that just killed the mood. Didn't yeah, it? exactly. Why but should anyway. we fucking care if North Korea is going to drop a bomb on us? Who fucking cares how good we play, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> Anyways, but I still have hope, man. But no. Here anyway. we, we've got a new situation. I mean, we are jazz musicians and we deal with creativity, right? And improvisation. Mm. Got the situation where, at least in my case, <coughs> I've got students who are really great. Mm-hmm. I mean, who know an inordinate amount of shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, and can do an inordinate amount of stuff. I mean, staggering. Right. I mean, a couple of them in particular are just... You know, I I don't know what to say. I mm. mean, it's just like they are really intimidating in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we, without killing what the next thing is, because that's their world. We, can, you know, our world is our world. Mm-hmm. We can't judge their world by what we like. You know, they they're entitled to their aesthetic and forging a new path for this music. That's what. It's music, music isn't, you know, here we are complaining about institutions, but we're creating, you know, we can't put our own institution on it. We have to, for, you make it go forward and encourage it to go forward. But how do we find that place of encouraging that amazing open-mindedness and still 
give them what we've got and hope that they find the true essence of what it's about mm-hmm. while they move it forward. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and without See, killing that's it. that's what we got without get to killing them, it. Like the and I, I don't have the, the answer to that question. Right. You guys care way too fucking much about your students. <laughs> no, 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 no. fuck about my fucking students. I teach for fucking money. <laughs> no, okay. 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 <laughs> we, we know that. We know that. Brother trying to get paid on this piece. I just want some fucking money. And the, the funny thing is, stupid bitch kids. better have my money. <laughs> but but it's weird. The sad thing is, what he'll do for eighteen thousand oh, dollars? Oh man, I'll suck some dick for eighteen thousand dollars. <laughs> oh hold up, hold up, TMI, bro. TMI, man. I don't need that. Man. Anyways, <laughs> but no, no, really, oh. really, what Mike? What I care about? I like Tyrone Bigum. Oh yeah. Am I late for the five hundred thousand yeah. dollars free? Can I get free? No, Yo, no, man. I, what I care about is the music. <laughs> Is the music, you know? <laughs> yeah, I really do, and that's why so much of my. There you go, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We hope you enjoyed that with Smitty. (laughs) A lot of fun. We've got one more to come with Smitty. And, oh, yeah, we get into it. So uh, look forward, look out for that one. We'll bring that up in the next few weeks. I believe uh, our next guest is coming up uh, next week. So that'll be fun. And we'll let you know who that is. Uh, Keep guitar wanking. Thank you so much for the support. And uh, we'll catch you all next week. Be safe.